Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. HGA is revolutionizing the industry by implementing software that will allow them to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. This allows for consistent and unbiased grading. They have an easy submission process and best-in-class customer service. Their pricing model is simple. Pay by the day, not by the value of the card. And when they say 10 business days, they mean 10 business days. All right, we're live. We're live, Luca Nation, Yay. for your favorite Sunday segment. And Cage, he's wearing a hat today. He was out by the pool swimming and tanning. Uh, I'm just hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and uh, you were at a show today. So uh, the man's been he, – he's been moving around, and I hope he, he warms up faster than uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Giannis and the Bucks uh, in game four. But – Cage, big weekend in sports. Guys, I want to let you know, so I posted this in a story, but Slab Stocks is going live with Gary in an hour. Um, I don't know if you guys have followed, but if you just follow at Slab Slab Stocks on Instagram, you'll see there's this uh, kind of charity event that they did, raised over $100,000 to send kids to camp. Uh, 6 p.m., you're going to have Gary go live, talk about that event, talk about national, talk about the hobby, which... Hobby's buzzing, Cage, whether you like it or not. The, the hobby is in full bloom. And, guys, we're not going to take any longer than an hour. Uh, we're going to have a hard stop right at 6 p.m. Eastern, so you could jump over and listen to Slab Stocks and Gary V on Instagram. Cage. Gary will be with How are you doing? How are you doing? Do you need a little coffee? You need a little uh, you, you need a little soda? Maybe diet? Maybe diet's not the move today? Cage? You know, I meant to get my soda for this. I meant to get my soda for this, and I didn't do it. Maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll, I'll yell to the kids and be like, make me a soda or something. We'll see. But Cage, you have family. Good. You have family in the comments. Oh, look at this. Max the maybe that kid. will wake you up. That'll get you going. Little Max the Pokey Kid. There you go. He's at the show with me today. Big Max the Pokey Kid. Gotta love it. This dude has more Charizards than anybody I know. It's just Charizard after Charizard after Charizard. What's up, Matt? Matt Pedinato. What up, right, boy? Cage. Yeah, man. It's been, so, a busy uh, day. it's been a fun day. So I'll definitely turn on I'll turn on the energy, I promise. Well, guys, we what he's talking about, why he's giving me a little bit of all the time is you know, like 30 seconds beforehand. He's like, Oh, you alright? And I'm like, Yeah, dude, I got a show, I got this, I got, I was just got out of the pool, it's five o'clock, I run over here, and he's like, All right, well, you know, you're gonna bring some energy. I want to make sure you're gonna bring it. He's a fluffer. It's good, you know. You, you could tell so Drew Holiday, someone someone gave that man a pep talk before, oh, before yesterday's game because he was not the same player he was in games one and two. That's so that, that's what I was trying to do. I mean, yeah. you're our Drew Holiday, you're the he was was he the best player on the court yesterday? Uh, was he Batman? Is that what you're trying to say? That's not, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But <laughs> fine, I'll, I'll give you my. What I've never, <laughs> I've never seen someone play that well on both sides of the ball in this postseason. So not I think that was one of the away. best. Yeah, not taking anything away. Not from taking from Giannis. No, no, not taking anything away from any teams. It seems to me that um, people's style of play, people's ability to play. In this series, more than any that I remember, has been dictated by the refs. So, 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 no, I'm being serious. Drew Holiday, he is a very good defender. A very good defender. He is, you know, on the ball defender. You know, he's, he's body. He makes it very difficult for you to make moves. He jumps in the passing lanes. He's a very, very good defender. Oftentimes, the refs will call him on some of that. It's too much body. It's too much hand checking. And, you know, you get somebody out of their game. And in the, in the beginning of the series, you know, he was a little bit of foul trouble. He was a little bit off his game. You know, there were some plays he couldn't make. He couldn't play the defense. He's trying to make it. Some people, you know, it's all a whole game. It's momentum. It's trying to get into the flow of the game. And you could tell last night's game, I mean, there, even Van Gundy, who's an old school coach and let stuff play, like, that's a foul. Like, these are fouls. You know, he's this hand check. You know, he's, you know, these. And he was really up on Booker. I mean, obviously, Booker scored a bunch of points. But, you know, that really has a lot of a lot of impact on the game. It's not. I'm not saying it's fixed. I'm not saying it's rigged. I'm not why do you think? Why do you think Booker doesn't shoot more three pointers? I don't know. You notice that? No. I mean, I think he tries to, but he winds up getting a lot of like foot on the line twos. He's had like four. Well, he, or five he, I think of them. he had three attempts yesterday, yeah. and in today's day and age, like his game, Kobe Kobe didn't shoot a lot of threes either. But in today's day and age, I'm not sure that's going to work with teams. You know, kind of either getting to the paint, getting to the rim. So or, he's or obviously shooting getting threes. his points. This series so far, I mean, we can talk he about He is getting his points. 
this series comes down to, to the last two games. You know, the in game four, the Suns were the better team. But in the end, Milwaukee found a way to pull that game out. In this game, Milwaukee was the better team. And the Suns had a shot to pull it out at the end. They were down one. They had the ball. And they could have scored. And they could have taken that game. Even though the, the Bucks were the better team for the vast majority of that game. And the Suns didn't find a way to pull it out. That is all the series has come down to. It's a very evenly matched series. You said that. Got to give you credit. I made my little Suns in four cracks and the whole deal. You said this was going six or seven. Obviously, you're right. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been entertaining. It's been entertaining. Um, I don't see really any any real jumps in Giannis's card prices yet. So We talked about that, though. That's going to be the... We'll talk about that later. I want to get to the topic du jour, Cage, because people aren't here to listen to us talk about NBA and basketball. They want to hear about this Jordan sale. And coincidentally, you know, apparently you're a big celebrity. You're showing off your collection to everybody. I don't know if that was, you know, you stroking your ego or what that was, Cage. The 377th episodes of stroking my ego is all this is in. So so you're a big deal. I mean, you have a Joe Montana, you have a Jordan rookie. What's your take on the Jordan sale? That went for a record price. Just takes one person. Remember that. Just takes one person. It takes one person in February in golden auction to you know bid seven hundred something thousand dollars. It takes a little bit of a bidding war. Um, I think it's a perfect storm for that card. And keep in mind, there are two Jordan PSA tens on eBay right now for half a million for four ninety nine. So anybody who thinks the Jordan PSA ten is worth eight hundred and forty thousand dollars right now, just overall broad stroke, the Jordan is worth eight forty is wrong because you can go on there right now and buy one for five. Okay, hit buy it now. You don't have to make an offer, right? You can buy it now and get it for five. One sold last night for three eighty something. The same time, one sold for eight forty. Here's why I say it's a perfect storm. One, I think people are trying to push this third party grading of third party graders. You know, the Mike Baker thing. We were just talking about it, right? It was, you know, it, it seems odd to me, right, that the same week we have the the, the Mike Baker diamond on the PSA ten. Mickey Mantle, and now you have a PWCCS, you know, going out there. But keep in mind, what have we seen in auctions for the last couple of weeks? We saw Golden pull a Jordan for questionable authenticity and issues with the slab, right? That Jordan card is very well known, but it's also <laughs> often faked. There are often issues with it, right? And, and a PSA slab is a great way to make sure that it's not fake. A newer slab is even better. A lighthouse label, you know, if you have one of those, um, you know, I don't have that on all my cards. So, you know, obviously it is what it is. But people pay a premium for that. And then not only do you have this, this, you know, this the new grade, a new slab, a PSA slab with a lighthouse label, you also have a designation that, hey, someone else looked at this card. Not only are you, are you getting another person saying it's authentic, but you're also getting another person saying that, that, PWCC's always had this. I have some cards that are, you know, they're old labels. One of the cards I showed in the Carpoint video, the Kirby Puckett 85 Tops Tiffany, is a PWCCE, I think. Um, and, you know, it's top 15% of the cards. Now, keep in mind, right? Do a little quick math. Back in the envelope, 320 Michael Jordans approximately. Let's just keep it right there, right? If this card with the designation PWCCS is a top 5%, right? What that means is that this card is one of the best in PWCC's, you know, vision, right? PWCC's, you know, the, their way of looking at it is one of the best 16 of them out there, right? Top 5%, right? For 320, it's about, you know, 15 and change, 16. So, so if you're looking to have a, a, a separator, you know, in the separation, you already have 9 versus 10. But we talked about this, right? Like the mantle where there's three PSA 10s, it doesn't make any sense to me. But... If you're looking to sit down at that tape, we talked about you talking about Rob G with the Mickey Mantle. There, were, it's like a poker tournament or or asshole if you put that in college, a little drinking game, right? You know, there's 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 tables, right? There's different tables, right? And you want to move your way up to the champions table, right? Well, everybody at the champions table has a Michael Jordan, but only a few of them, only 16 of them, can have a Michael Jordan that are in the top five percent of those Michael Jordans. And and you're looking for those striations, right? Those levels within the hobby. Now, I guess some for some people it makes sense. For the buyer, we'll see if he pays. I mean, he, he posted about it himself that he won it. So you would think if he's posting that, he probably is going to pay. Um, and it looks like a legit collector who won it. Um, that said, I did not go running around my house, you know, dressed like Tom Cruise, wearing a button down and no, no pants, 
you know, sliding around singing that I have a card that's worth $840,000. Now it's not, I, I know it's not. So. Age. so like, so this is where my mind went. Like there's collectors of fine cars, right? Like Lamborghinis, Ferraris, all that stuff. And you can get a Lamborghini that's been sitting on the lot, for example, for five, six years, uh, three years, whatever. And you buy it. But there's one that comes right fresh out of the factory. I think that demands a bit of a premium. Yeah. And it's this weird thing because uh, I understand, like, you know, how can one Jordan sell for 270, exact same Jordan sell for eight, how about 800? That was one of the nicest color Jordans I've seen. The corners were clean. The centering was clean. Was the color. Card. It was a gorgeous card. And there are those buyers who, I mean, to us, a few hundred thousand dollars is like, whoa, but they, they just want the nicest copy in a fresh lab. I don't think that's what it is. I mean, I really you really don't I mean, think so. No, no. I, Have I you seen a nicer Jordan? Have you seen no, a nicer Jordan? No, and that's great. But but the premium is out of whack. Right. The premium is out of whack. He wants time. it, but he doesn't care it. about the. But we started off by saying, right, that it's one person. So it's less about. Yes. All this. So if you have one person or two in this case who want to have the best one, you get numbers that, that you know, any card can do that. It, you know, if you could have two people fighting over last night. There was a, a Luca gold, you know, BGS nine and a half, ten auto, you know, prism that, that you know, I, there's only 10 of them out there. I mean, there are no PSA 10s. There's only BGS 95s. And, you know, it sold for like 90-something thousand dollars. But if two people wanted, that could have sold for half a million dollars too. You, n- you never know. As long, that's, what, that's what goes on with auctions. If there's two people who want something, great. I think it's, it's more that than anything else. I don't think it's the designator, right? Because I'll give you another example because I almost bid on this, right? Ch- take a look at the PWCC. I think it was E or S. I think it might have been an S. Wilt Chamberlain rookie, right? The Wilt rookie sold it was a nine sold for significantly less than the last couple of nines even though this one is a pwcc designation right it was it was one of their better cards they actually did a video and said that that they think it's the best nine they've ever seen it's only 30 something nines and they said i would love to see it against the three tens that are out there and this probably is a nicer looking card but that didn't go for eight hundred thousand dollars even though it's, it's an iconic card maybe not as iconic as the jordan card it's an iconic card right and it had the designation. It had a top 15% designation, not 5, 15. But they, all the bells and whistles were there. But in that auction last night, there were not two people who wanted to go at it on that one. And that's the difference. That's the real difference, right? And that's why when Timbaland won them for 700 something thousand dollars or whoever won them you know, in the golden auction, that's why they went for so high. That's what you get with auctions. You know, it really just comes down to do you have two people willing to fight over that one card? Now, I'm not shitting on it. That was a gorgeous Jordan. Right. If somebody really said nice to me one. right now, hey, would you trade in yours for that? Hell yeah, I would. <laughs> well, of course. You know, I mean, I'm not. I mean, and, and that does tell you not every 10 is a 10 it is a 10 is a 10. And I guess maybe there's a, a market for the third party grading. I'm sure PSA doesn't love that, but it is what it is. But I love it. I mean, listen, there, there were some good sales last night in that auction. There were some real, real nice sales. You know, and if, if you're asking me just overall what my thought is. You know, I think we've 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 on some of the higher end cards, we we we've, we've kind of hit a bottom. We've kind of hit that plateau, and and or on some, we're starting to work our way back up. Um, and it works both ways, right? What's up, Z? You know, so it works both ways. Let me say this, right? If you look at the cardboard chronicles story, right, they shit on the Jordan and say, hey, it's a PWCC. Yes, you know, it's it's one of those cards that just you know, it's it's you know, it, it doesn't show you what it's actually selling for. They didn't mention that the LeBron exquisite sold for one of the lower prices. I mean, it was an SGC. It wasn't a PSA, but it didn't sell for a really, that sold for a pretty low price, uh, you know, comparatively to the seven figure cards that that card has been selling for in their BGS slabs previously. But you know what? They also took a shot at, and I'm honest with you guys, I'm in the market for one of these, but I didn't buy this one. So they say, Hey guys, it's not all rosy. Look at this. And they show that the, the Wayne Gretzky PSA nine, um, was 200 and something thousand dollars on card ladder. And now it's 102. Because one sold last night for one hundred two thousand dollars, that card was as bad, if not worse, than the Jordan that was in the golden auctions that got pulled. So on the word Oilers on the team, it was smudged. The word Oilers was actually smudged. Like the PWCC, you know, when they trumpet the S and say this is one of the greatest cards out there, this is one of our top five percent, and you get that premium for Jordan on that Gretzky, they actually put a little disclaimer in it and said that we will note. There is a there is an issue with the you know smudging of the Oilers. It's like you know factory defect. You look at it, 
but they didn't they didn't they were very quick like people are very fast to say okay we got a record but but i don't like the jordan card so so here's why that's an outlier but the gretzky you know i mean the gretzky all of a sudden you know you forget about it works both ways right not all nines are the same and sometimes the low price that you see something sell for there's a reason why that's low just like there's a reason why something's selling for on the high side take a look at that gretzky that's sold in the premiere and look at the word oilers on it it was it looked like somebody put oil on it Sean, that's right. It's the same person who bought the, the Luca, yes. Yep. The Luca National Treasures, one of one. Uh, Lighthouse, Kev says, uh, hey, Cage, I was also spending time with you and your crew today at the show. I didn't yeah, know man. you have a crew now, Cage, but cool. Yeah, cool. man. You have an brought, I had a, a friend, and he brought his daughter, and my, my brother was there with his son. They like Pokemon cards. We were doing some wrestling cards. Ian and I actually opened a box at 97, 98 Stadium Club Basketball. Who, who am I? Who, who takes pictures of like that, right? Well, it's two of them. I'm like, I'm pointing like this, and then the other guy's like, hey, let me jump in the picture. I'm like, okay, like this. You know, like, what do I do? I got to point. I'm pointing to both of them, right? There's two guys. So, you know, I mean, it is what it is. By the way, 97, 98 Stadium Club, you buy that box, they're all stuck together. In case anybody's thinking about opening basketball from the late 90s. Let's talk national, see if we could help some people out. So some people can't go to national. So someone like Anthony who can't go to national, are there plays to be made benefiting off the hype of national people being away? How, is, is there anything that, like, uh, I guess the question is, like, a follow-up. How in general do you approach making plays that take advantage of the national hype or FOMO? Well, I mean, there are... I don't know that there's a specific card at the national that people are going to be, you know, hyping up. I mean, we'll know that when we're there, I guess. But you know what I like to to do is, in the weeks leading up to it, there are bargains, whether you're going or not going, right? Because people are selling their stuff to build up a bankroll for the national. So, it, you know, to answer this, if I had one strategy, it's if you're not going and you're not trying to build up a bankroll in, in these coming weeks, the, you know, right now into the into the morning, right? the, you know, basically the, these these two weeks. There are a million shows. Look, Bleaker, hey, Bleaker, um, they're having an event on Tuesday that I'll be at where, you know, Lincoln's yep. coming and buying people's collections. You know, like, hey, you want to, you need money for the national, come on in and I'll buy you cards for you. That's smart because, you know, people are, people will take 10% less that they can have cash in their pocket to spend on something else in the national. People will move their slabs. And so if you're in the market for one of those, I mean, look, if you're a long term Acuna believer, there's no better time ever to buy a card of Acuna. Because people have those slabs, they're cashing out, they're trying to move them, and they're looking for money in, 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 you know, to mm-hmm. bring to national, and he's injured. So those cards have come down you know, about as much as, as, as I've ever seen them. Um, Juan Soto might make a little bit of a run here. His cards, you know, people, these baseball slabs that are not Vlad right now. You could go um, into Facebook groups and say, hey, guys, um, I can't make it to national, but have some cash available. If you're looking to liquidate and get some cash on hand for national – send me some messages of cards you're, you're looking to sell. And some people might not even realize they have some, some really nice gems there. Yep. All right, Cage. Let's get to some questions. Sure, shoot. Sure. Where's your soda? Where's your soda right now? It's downstairs, you know. Oh, dear. Oh, no. You, we, we could pause. The no, Luca Nation. Keep going? Keep going, definitely. Right. Keep going. Let's talk really specific. Cards and candy asks, is it? Yes. The kids are, this is why you have kids. So I've always wondered, what is the purpose of having kids? This is it. When you forget something, bring me the soda and order Chick-fil-A on Uber Eats at the same time. Kids are great when you're in your old ages and they help you get there faster too. (laughs) Did you bring Ian to the show? I did. I did. I did. He uh, he was showing off some stuff. He was trying to make some trades. Uh, He's got a box of stadium club. I don't know why he went with Stadium Club 2020 instead of 2021. He's already become an irrational collector because I said, don't you want the new stuff? And he's like, no, last year we opened a box of Stadium Club 2020. We got a Lou Bob Auto. So I have good luck with that product. I want another one. I'm like, okay. I mean, you know, the, the, I, can't, I can't argue with that rationale. Let, let me start with this one. Yeah, sure. The questions today were really, really specific. I didn't expect this. So I'm going to start with Drake's PC. He just messaged us. He's out of the pool. He's having a pool day with the family. So I want to answer a question for him. So he said... Gold refractors out of 50 typically outsell lower numbered colored refractors out of 25 and 10. Do you see an opportunity with lower numbered non-gold parallels or will gold always command a premium even if it's not as rare? You want me to answer this? This is pretty straightforward. I think it's always gold, right? Um, I just mentioned that Luca out of 10 prism that sold last night. If you watch the video, because they do a video on those premier auctions, you watch a video on it. 
um, Brent from PWCC actually does a very good job of explaining how Prism went with gold because Tops has been doing gold for a long time and that there's a continuity to it, right? You know, those gold cards came out in, in the early 90s. You know, I have a Jeter gold rookie from 93 Tops, you know. So gold's been around forever. It's always been an indicator. Um, you know, Tops does it where it's numbered. Um, you know, every year the DAC parallel is going to be numbered. You know, Bowman has them. You know, Tops Chrome has the refractors. And then Prism has them. And Prism has all of these crazy, you know, different versions of, of parallels. Um, and so does Topps Chrome, right? Um, to me, there are more collectors out there who will say, I want a base and I want a gold. Or I'm going to buy gold of this rookie this year. Like, I personally have a gold trout, a gold Yelich, a gold, you know, um, Mookie Betts. You know, Andrew has a gold Tatis. You know, those are the kind of cards people collect. And remember... It, it does come down to supply and demand. So even though there is a lower su supply of, say, like orange, right, the orange parallel out of 25, right, um, there are also less people who year over year when they want to pick their guy for that year or those couple of guys they're going to put their money into who buy orange than there are that buy gold. I would say that even though gold refractors are out of 50 and, you know, it's like an orange is out of 25, there's definitely more than twice as many people who collect gold, which is why the gold carries a premium. Even though there's double the supply, there's probably triple the, the demand. Um, and I also don't like gold waves because it's just a little variant, even though that's also numbered. Um, what about I, black I, gold? What about black gold? I mean, for Prism, it's funny, man. Kind of cool. Black gold's out of five, and I like it. They're really cool-looking cards. But I, I think price, I mean, that's close. Like, I wouldn't be paying double for a black gold than I would for a gold, which is what you would if you would think I should because the black golds are out of five and golds are out of ten, right? Like, I'd pay a premium probably for the black gold. You know, if you give me the option of the two at the same price, I'd probably go black gold because it's only five. Um, but it's not going to really, like, you know, it's not going to move the needle so much for a premium for me. Would you grade the one of one Edwards that was pulled yesterday? No. I mean, I'd look you at the card. I'd look at the card. Like, I would look at it and see, you know, and see whether or not I think it had a shot at a 10. But if I saw anything wrong with it, Anything at all, I wouldn't grade it. Why? You know, we just saw Luca, Luca, you know, one on one card sell for $4 million, right? Without it being graded. You know, there's one. You can't improve upon it. It's, it you know, we're going to go back to the same conversation about third party and third party grading of the third party. You know, there is nothing to differentiate that card from, right? There's no other, you know, one of one. That's the point of a one of one. Now, some people like it in a slab. You know, some people want to make sure it's authentic. I mean, I get that, but. To me, and maybe I'm maybe I'm insane. I'd rather buy that card raw than in a PSA eight slab. Maybe I'm an idiot. That's that's what uh, Anthony said. Um, what do you think? So, 2021 Stadium Club has been awful, Ian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts uh, on on Wander Franco in, in Tops 2022? You know, I was a little upset by that. If I'm being honest, I think you know Tops. It used to be pretty pretty well known that if somebody comes up early enough and they make a cutoff and, and they play enough games and they're eligible, they're going to be in the rookie. You know, they'll be in the update or they'll be in, you know, Series 2 or rookie and traded or, you know, the, the traded set. Um, and Tops, I think, in, in recent years has played a lot of games, you know. And I, I, I've, <laughs> excuse me, as sort of like a baseball purist, I always liked the, the cup, you know, the rookie cup card, you know, the gold cup, to be on a second-year card. You know what I mean? And the rookie card to have the RC on it. You know, like, uh, I didn't like your Dan Alvarez being held over. The guy won rookie of the year. Rookie of the year in 19. He has a tops rookie card in 2020. It makes no sense at all. If he's eligible to be rookie of the year, put him in a card set that year. You know, that's all a money grab to get people to be buying Series 1 tops. And they did it again this year. You know, Joe Adele was in, you know, Series 2. Um you know, and Wander, they really should have done it now because Wander was in, people are going to forget this, Wander was in 2020 Update. So he has a Topps card. He was in that first prospect set. Remember they did that in Update? They made these prospects cards, you know, that they weren't Topps. They didn't have the rookie on it, but like, you know, Alec Baum was in there and like a lot of the guys, they had prospect cards, right? So now you, you gave the dude a Topps card in 2020 Update and he's not going to have an actual rookie card till 2022? I mean, it just, it smacks to me of like a cash grab, um, I didn't like it. I mean, it's a cool looking card. All the cards look the same. But then question, why was there no cup on it? You know, like your Dan, why was there no gold, you know, the rookie or rookie cup team? Are they just assuming he's not going to make it? I mean, you know, so maybe they'll add it on after the fact. 
I don't like it. To me, it's Tops playing games. And you know what? The Tops releases this year have been awful. Awful. If you bought Series 2, you lost money. I don't care what you got in it, unless you were one of the random few that hit a banger out of that. Top Series 2 was terrible. And I think Update is going to be pretty terrible, too, because, you know, the, these are some major guys. And they think, oh, we'll hold it over. We'll hold it over until 20. I mean, Top's Chrome? Think of what Top's Chrome, you know, Update would be like this year if they threw in Wander's rookie card. I mean, and, you know, it seems like just like baseball can't get out of their own way when it comes to these cards, when it comes to the sport. They have these names to promote. Tops sometimes make similar mistakes. You got this name. He's playing. Everybody's been waiting for him to come up for years. You want to wait? So I got you want to wait more, guys? So I got a question for you then. So would you rather be the owner or CEO and you get to choose Panini or Tops or, P- or PSA BGS? So I'm picking one of each of those slashes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I would rather own Tops and PSA. Now, I've seen the valuations that uh, Panini looks like it's being valued more than what Tops was valued. The real after. question. Yeah, go ahead. Is would you rather then own PSA or Tops? One or the other? That's Tops. right. Tops. Tops. Okay. Tops. Only because of the longevity of it, right? Like, you know, I know Panini's been around for a long time, but it hasn't been a juggernaut in sports cards for that long. I mean, that's the expansion of cards. I mean, they've made soccer cards. They've made a lot of stickers. They, you know, they've been around for a while. But Topps has been a, you know, Topps has been a behemoth in this brand for a really long time. PSA and BGS don't exactly have, you know, that shelf life. Beckett, you know, does. PSA's been around for a while, but just I always like, you know, trying to try to, you know, bet on the horse that's that's been around for quite some time. And I think Topps, you know, they could really do some things that that if I were if I were the CEO, I would fix probably pretty quickly. I mean, that wax thing that they did with the NFTs was the, the that's it, the debacle. They should fix that tomorrow. Uh, Ziggy says he also own Panini. Kyle Brown asks, "What would you do with a Giannis Redemption Auto that is in a sealed case from Panini? Is that something you would grade, or would you keep it in the in the sealed case?" You mean you got a redemption sealed? Yep. I mean. Is it is the auto already? You already have the auto, or it's a redemption card? Like I don't understand the question. Like somebody has a redemption card. What would you do with a Giannis redemption auto that's in a sealed case? It comes in a sealed like uh, I know, sealed but voltage. what's in the case? It's already autographed. I guess they say not. It's not a redemption card. They came in a pack. It's an autographed no. card. Would you grade or would you keep it in the sealed case? So so. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this fun bro Namath episode we had on. You can send it in that case to BGS. Right? With like a minimum grade. Right? Send it in there and make sure you're getting at least a nine five. Put a minimum grade in there. We'll tell them to leave it in the case. And that's that that way, if it's not gonna grade really well, let's keep it in the case. But if it is gonna grade something, you know, better than having it in that real case, then fine. I think you know they'll, they'll let you do that. Like the encased cards that uh, that Panini makes, you could send it in the case, right? With a minimum grade. So to me that you know, you, you send it in like a mag, you know, why the hell not? People want you to be the the people have spoken. They want you to be the CEO of Upper Deck. They say that's the real sleeper because then you have auto rights to Jordan and LeBron. Cage, this is um this is a question about the wax market. Okay. Yep. Uh, so I couldn't type it up. It's longer. So this is um, from Mike Phipps. Could you share your thoughts on the recent sealed retail market? It seemed like every product followed the same pattern last year: sky high at release, dip, slow rise, and never stops climbing. We are now seeing sealed prices fall, not climb as consistently. Did everyone get the same idea at the same time, similar to the bakes bulk grading? Yeah. There's a follow-up to that. But yeah. Oh, so ahead. the answer is yes. I mean, listen, it's that's a chicken or the egg, right? What came first, right? Did the bakes crash come first or the mm-hmm. wax crash come first? I'm going to tell you, I think that, you know, that the price of wax not skyrocketing, you know, is is because of – you can't you can't grade every single card that comes out of a break now, you know. I mean, I've talked about this a million times, right? I would always buy a box of Topps flagship, you know, a couple boxes, open it up with Ian, and if I didn't grab, you know, an, an auto that was worth the whole box, or if I didn't grab something that you know that was going to get most of my money back, it didn't matter. I would grab the top rookies, the Joe Adele in this year, the Jordan Alvarez, like in 2020. I mean, I sent in a ton of Alvarez, a ton of Gavin Lux ton of Kyle Lewis, a ton of Bichette. And even though they were base cards, you could send them in, pay $8, 
$9, $10 in bulk grade. You get them back whenever you got them back. And that, that card that was in the box, it cost you, let's call it $10 or $12 to grade. You were getting $30, $40, $50, $60, $80, $100, depending upon who the, the player was and at what time you sold it. You were not losing money on those boxes. And if that happens, if you know going in that it's EV, you know, estimated value positive, thank you, Top Shot, you know, and, and Top Shot Twitter for that fun term, the price is going to go up. Because everyone's going to buy it, and you're going to have to make the price go up. But now, you know, what happened this year is, first of all, Topps products have been terrible. Even the Panini products haven't been that great. I opened Prism Box. It's like, ugh. Like, you know, this good hits are few and far between in those boxes, and, you know, it's pretty crazy. But um, you can't just take the rookies and grade them and make money. You know, you could make money on a Cam Reddish last year. You know what I mean? You can make money on the ancillary guys. You get a Killian Hayes base card, you're not grading it this year. If you are, you're going to lose money because you need it back in 2024. And who knows what it's going to sell for. So that's the difference. I think that's why Wax has not done the, you know, why Wax has not gone up the way it is. And also, let's let's remember what we're doing here, right? We're comparing years as well. So who's the big, let's go baseball, right? Who's the big rookie in this year's baseball? Joe Adele? Alec Baum, last year, look at the 2020s. Alvarez, Bichette, you know, Lux, right? You know, names, right? I'm, I'm leaving out a bunch. Kyle Lewis won the rookie of the year. The, the year before that, right? That was Tatis and Vlad Guerrero. So, obviously, Wax of those years are going to be more. Before that, Soto, Acuna. Before that, Bellinger, Judge. So, you got Joe Adele this year. Come on. So, I mean, obviously, Wax is not going to do what it's done in the last couple of years. The rookie class is not what the rookie class was. And as great of a player. Joe Adele's not, not very good, Cage. <laughs> he's fine. But, you know, I mean, he's not He's not going to really move the needle. You'll buy his card for a dollar, right? His base card. So, so, so your you're basketball. LaMelo's a great player. I like him. You know, he gave a great speech. He forgot who his mom was, it sounded like. I don't know what was going on there, right? <laughs> And 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 Anthony Edwards, I love the kid. I think he's going to be a real star. I really do. I think he's. I think he's got some flash. I think he's funny. I think he's going to be a star player. If you had to invest in Edwards or Lamelo, who would you pick long term? Edwards, Ten Edwards, because you could get two or three of Edwards for every Lamelo. So so I would say Edwards just because his entry point, the point of investment entry, is lower. But compare those guys to you had Zion and Ja last year, and you had Luca and Trey the year before that. Obviously. Wax from this year is not going to go with wax that has been in years past. And and look, the quarterback class this year, it's it's great, right? We all see we all see Trevor Lawrence coming out for football, right? But last year's football quarterback class had Burrow and Tua and Herbert, right? And the year before that, you had Kyler and you had, you had a million guys, right? And the year before that, you had even Josh Allen and you had you know Baker Mayfield. I mean, you had all these quarterback classes. We'll see. Maybe Trey Lance is good, but but. Remember, there's a reason why we had this boom, right? It's not just the hedge against inflation. It's not just it's an alternate asset class. It's not just that we're looking for places to put money. It's not just because people like cards and there's nostalgia. We've also had a period here in the last couple of years where the, where the rookie classes in multiple sports, I just went through football, basketball, and baseball, they've been fantastic. I mean, you mentioned in an episode over the weekend how basketball was kind of dull in the late 2000s, right? I mean, who was drafted then? Corey Maggette was my Corey favorite Maggette. player. I mean, you know, so Corey Spaghetti's not really, you know, he's not driving the hey. max prices. So Dude, Corey like Maggette him. was a fantasy he was beast. He was great. Larry he was Hughes, great. He was good. Gilbert Arenas. Gilbert Arenas. Uh, Agent Zero. Agent Zero. But you get the point, right? Remember, Wax, Wax is going to be dependent on who you can get in there and then what you can get for that. And both of those things have taken a step backwards, if not two steps backwards, in multiple sports this year compared to the prior years. And that's, I think, why you're seeing whack prices go down. Let's talk a little wrestling and UFC, okay? Sure. So Drake's PC asks, you guys frequently mention UFC as a play because of the international appeal, fighters from across the world, pay-per-views in different countries, etc. If so, shouldn't WWE and wrestling cards and memorabilia be a play for similar reasons? No. Now I'll elaborate. UFC is a sport. WWE is not a sport. It's entertainment. It's fixed, right? And and there's my easy answer. The, the 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 longer answer is sure. There's a fan base. People like the fighters. People like the wrestlers. People like the entertainment. There's clearly a global fan base for it. It's clearly something that people pay for. They do pay per view and the whole nine yards. But there's an element missing 
that's available in every other sport, even ridiculous F1, right? Even in tennis, right? And it's being able to pick your guy. Like, this is my guy. And there's a level of that <laughs> in wrestling, right? You watch NXT, right? You say, this guy's a star. You know, he's going to do these crazy flips, and he's gonna, they're going to call him up, and he's going to be in WrestleMania. You know, pe- people like, uh, you know, look, look at the re- look, fighting with my family story with Paige, right? Where, you know, she was, she was in wrestling for like a day and then moved up to WrestleMania, right? Well, so- let me challenge your theory, though. What about Pokemon? Pokemon's not a sport. Pokemon is, is uh, entertainment. It's a game. So Pokemon is, rest- Pokemon is also missing the element of, like, you can bet on it, right? So Pokemon, but I'll, I'll get to Pokemon one second. So just to finish this one up, right, it's the outcome is already predetermined. You know what I mean? Like, like who's going to win, you know, ahead of time, right? You don't have that unless you believe some conspiracy theories out there in the Suns Bucks, right? There are still there are still choices that have to be made right now. Do you buy Booker or do you buy Giannis, right? And somebody's going to be right, and hopefully the one who's right is making that call. In wrestling, you know, when The Undertaker, you know, goes to WrestleMania against, I don't know, John Cena, right? It's tough to say, I'm going to pick Cena because I think he's the better wrestler. He's got better skills. When you know the outcome is predetermined anyway. Pokemon, what's, what's interesting about Pokemon is it, all, it doesn't have that. It doesn't have like, a, like you could bet on a player, you name it. But it, it is also a game. You know what I mean? So it has a different layer to it also. Like you're supposed to buy those and play a game and build a deck and, you know, like do the whole, you know, whole nine yards. And Pokemon's uh, the, 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 the widespread appeal of Pokemon is, is, is crazy. So, so while I agree the WWE is a global thing and there's probably room for it and it's something where, you know, you can make some money, I, when you com- I would not make a direct comparison to the UFC. I think the WWE might actually be more popular than the UFC. I do, right? Don't you think WWE has had its run-up, too? It has a I, huge I, run-up. It has, it's had a huge run. But you know what the WWE has that the UFC doesn't? they got some real frontline talent, and they're able, because it's fixed, am I allowed to say that? You know, because it's, because it's entertainment, they're able to keep their headliners around longer. I think so, too. And the UFC is not. You you bring a yep. UFC, you know, your Chuck Liddell wants to fight, but he would die. You know what yep. I mean? Like Sting is still wrestling. You know, I mean, these guys, they're still wrestling. And and you can do that because it is a choreographed dance. Yep. Right? And even if they're not wrestling, they're still in the kind of collective culture, I mean, you know, Rick, where they're now. Ric Flair is still relevant, right? I mean, Ric yep. Flair, people still buy real. I mean, he's not wrestling per se, but Ric Flair is still relevant, right? I mean, he was wrestling up until a short while ago, and his daughter's wrestling now. I mean, you know, The Undertaker is not a young dude, right? I mean, he's, he's wrestling. And uh, so, 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 Drake, don't get me wrong. I like the WWE as an investment area. I do. I would be hesitant Um I think the cards have come down a lot in the last six months or so, you know, since where the highs were in February, just like UFC has, just like a lot of fringe stuff has. I think there's a lot of wrestling cards in at, P, uh, at PSA, and you're going to see a lot of that come out. The quality old stuff, you know, I, I had an Andre 1973, and I had a, a 1982 Ric Flair. I had PSA 10 on both of them. I sold them way too early to very smart mm. people. And they have yeah. We haven't done the, the sob story go down memory lane of all the cards that you've sold early in a like long that. time. Cards like that. Those are, you know, I mean, those are really, those are really nice plays. I just, you know, wrestling has that one little weird oddity to it, right? You're not, like, I didn't pick the prospect. You know? Let's talk a little NFL. So DJ Sports asks, with the NBA Finals coming to a close and baseball in the middle of the season, seems like NFL hype is starting to build. People are starting their fantasy leagues and the first products of 21 21- – 2021 rookies is out now is now the time to start selling football cards if you have stuff if you have quarterbacks if you have i mean listen there are guys who had fantastic seasons last year that unless you are in on unless you think this is the guy he's going to take a next step forward um i would be selling and i could be wrong but i'd be selling josh allen right now and people are expecting him to challenge for the mvp and be in the afc you know championship game against Patrick Mahomes and maybe win that, maybe go to a Super Bowl to improve on last year's season, right? Um, that's a tall order. That's a tall and I'm not saying he can't do it, right? But but his cards are are priced right now going into the season with that as the expectations, right? He still may do it, but if he falters out of the gate and that team's two and two, 
the cards could be worth half of what they're worth right now. Like that's somebody who, you know, expectations really high. I would probably take some of my money off the table on somebody like that. Uh, Baker Mayfield had a great season last year. His cards have gone up. They're not where they were, but he's gotten some momentum back. So another guy I probably would, you know, look to maybe take some money off the table on. Um, and yeah, Darren is, look at this. Bain Capital. What's up, Darren now. Herman? Darren Herman, long versus short term. You are a million percent right. And, and it, you know, if you're looking to just cash out on somebody now, um, rather than hold long term, that then yes, you could be looking to sell now. But I'd also challenge you, Darren, if you're a long term Josh Allen guy, right? If, you, if that's your guy for the next five years, I still think you can sell him now. And in the dog days of the football season, week six, unless he's six and zero, oh, right? Yep. I think you could buy back in cheaper than he is now because the preseason hype is it's huge for these guys. It just it just is. I think football has one has more parity. And two, the cycle in football is not as clear-cut as NBA. So, like, there are guys like Herbert. There's guys like Josh Allen that are kind of at their peak of their I prices. would sell every Herbert card I own. Right, right. But then there's also guys like uh, Carson Wentz or Sam Darnold or, or guys that are, have real opportunities to lead a team. In the NFL, you guys don't know what happens when there's a trade. So things can change quickly. Those guys are buying opportunities where Herbert and Josh Allen, to me, like seem like they're – their success is already priced in. Patrick Mahomes is another one. You know, if you're buying into Patrick Mahomes now, look, what's where where do you see the possibility of of his prices going? See, I'd be more comfortable with Mahomes as a long term investor because of what he's already done. He's already got the 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 team accolades. He's already got the personal accolades. But but Herbert's cards are not not that far behind Mahomes. And you know what? It may be right. It may be deserved. Right? He may be the next Mahomes. Right? He may very well be. But we've done this. Right? Does long-term even exist? It's a great question. Look at the AFC. I think, I think Anthony's doing a little play on words. He said yeah, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. No, but, yeah. but look at the AFC. Look, look at the AFC right now, right? You have Lamar Jackson, who people think is going to come and win the MVP again, and that, that team is awesome, and they're going to be in there. You have Patrick Mahomes. You have Justin Herbert. You have Josh Allen, right? That's just the top four off the top of my head, right? Joe Burrow. Tua. Right, people are putting their life savings in those six guys. Unless there's a Mondo fantasy type trade and all of them get moved to two teams, not all of them can be in the AFC championship game, right? I would be really worried holding two of cards. He did not look impressive at all. And that team overperformed last season because of amazing defense and amazing turnovers. I I would be I don't know about you, Cage. I'd be nervous holding two of cards. Point is, they can't all go undefeated, and they can't all go to win a Super Bowl. They can't even all go to the AFC Championship. They can't even go to the you know the semis. They can't even you know. I mean you know some of these guys. Well, you know what I mean because there's six of them, right? So they can't even. Someone in that list is not even gonna make the playoffs this year. You know, and 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 it's it's tough because the prices on those, especially Herbert. And look, he looked the part last year. Don't get me wrong. He looked like he's gonna be you know the the next big. You know, quarterback. He really does. He looks. He has all the tools. He's got a team around him. He's got you know all the weapons. He's got a good offensive line. I mean, he looks the part. But his cards already have like two MVPs and three Super Bowls already already baked into the price. You know, so I'd be careful. Hey, let's go a little bit different here. Okay, sure. we have about 15, 17 minutes, guys. We're gonna we're gonna wrap it right at six, so you guys could hop over to Slab Stocks Instagram. Cards and Candy nine one one asks if a player changes numbers let's say lebron went from 23 to 6 and i have his card from 2016 and it's 6 out of 99 is that considered jersey number so i never really get into the whole jersey number stuff i think that you know purist would tell you it's whatever jersey he's wearing on that card or whatever jersey he was wearing the year that card was made but if you know all things being equal if lebron changes his number from 23 to 6 like he's doing this year and you have a card that's serial number six now it's worth slightly more than it was before he changed his number. Like it's not that card does not become a jersey number card, but I could see somebody paying a slight premium for that six that they wouldn't have otherwise paid had he not switched over to six, even though it's a couple year old card. Does that make sense? It makes a ton of sense. All right, let's see what else we got here, Cage. Any topics? You know, I know this is Coffee with Cage. I'm jumping all over the place. We have a few more questions. Is there anything that, that, that's top of mind for you that you want to bring up? How was the show today? I know that they rented out the trade room, which doesn't make you too happy. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, there are – I'm hoping for more at the National. Maybe I'll get let down, but I've never been there, right? So these, the local shows that I go to, you know, it's the same people with the same exact cards. 
trying to get the same inflated prices. There's no nothing really different at it. You know, there's no real action. Nobody on the dealer end wants your cards. Um, if they do want your cards, they want them for, you know, 60% of eBay. And then they're trying to sell you the same card back for 120% of eBay. I mean, I saw kids, you know, actually saying to the dealer, you want what for it? Look, it's this on eBay. Here's a buy it now for less than that. And the dealer's like, I don't care. I'm into it for more than that. I, mean, I heard that probably multiple times in some variation or another. And that's not good. You know, I mean, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to make shows a place people actually want to go to. And the, you know, the trading, they're just, it's non-existent and, and shows need to, they need to have kind of like a trade room kind of stuff. We kind of camp out in the lobby and people walk by, Hey, you're trading, you know, like that kind of stuff. So did you ever see yourself being a dealer? I mean, I, I have done that. It shows when I was much younger. I did it as a teenager, you know, I took, I, I would buy a, a table with my brother um, and my dad, and we put out our showcases and, and sell cards and stuff like that. But I would be one of those guys where I'm like, I want to sell everything on my table. You know I me, mean? I'm, I'm all or nothing. So by the end of the show, I'm like, let's get rid of everything. Let's go. Everything must go. <laughs> liquidation like, you know, sale. Liquidation like, sale. It, you I have no card, overhead. You have no rent, but right. we need to liquidate. You, you know how it works. You put the sign up. Going out of business sale. It's got Sony guts, right? This card's got Sony guts, right? You don't see that? You don't mess with his own hand. Little, uh, little Adam Sandler movie. You don't know what I'm talking about, but you would like that one. Well, I see that you're growing out like a, a little bit of a five this o'clock a shadow beard. I hope you shave before work tomorrow because that's – I can't. I have to. This is Friday. This is Friday. You went to work and haven't shaved all weekend. Yeah. Cage, nice. people have been – people see that you're, you've been buying 90s inserts. Other than the ones that you've bought, um, obviously, Lucidation Network has been a profitable endeavor for you. Congratulations. Uh, you're loading up on these 90s basketball inserts. Yep. My what favorite. are your favorites? Uh, some that I don't own. Beam teams, love them from Stadium Club. Beam teams, real nice inserts. Uh, take a two net, so they take a two dot net, like a little electrified ones, you know. Um, I like that kind of look, you know. I love jambalayas. I love power in the key. Um, I love the scoring kings. Um, you know, we mentioned on our show here, you know, the tops gallery, you know, um, gallery of heroes that look like stained glass. Those are pretty sweet. Um, I don't own any of those. Um, I'm trying to think what else from when I opened cards. I just started picking up some of these That's Jam inserts from Skybox 1998. Really cool, like interesting. They got like strawberry jam, you know, grape jam, you know, that's jam kind of card. Uh, those are pretty cool. Um, I guess that's enough. But to me, 90s inserts, that was the fun. That was the part of collecting. You know, you got a cool card. I mean, we, like I said, I opened a box today. And I got one of these like see-through inserts that I didn't even know existed. Ninety-six Stadium Club, ninety-seven, excuse me, ninety-seven Stadium Club. But it was Austin Crochet. I'm like, oh man, you know, he was on the Pacers. You know, he played for a while. You know, he was in the playoffs and stuff. But he was not the guy you wanted. We got some cool cards though. They were all stuck together. You know, I mean, Tim Duncan was in it, right? And uh, um, Tracy McGrady. You know, it's nice to open a box and get rookie. You know, draft cards of those guys. I'm going to wrap with this. We're going to talk a little bit of basketball. Why do you think Giannis doesn't get love from like the, the inner circle of the NBA, the LeBrons, the Wade, the Mello, you know, like those seasoned guys? Like, Why do you think it almost seems like Giannis is on the periphery of that inner circle? You mean why don't they like him themselves or why don't the fans – Put him in the. No, the fans game. love him. The fans love him. I'm talking about like the inner frat of the NBA. Everybody you just named, I mean, Dame only slightly. Everybody just named is older than him. You know, nobody wants the new guard coming in. You know, into the inner circle, they want to hang on to what they have, and he represents kind of like the the the, the new face of the league, the new type of player. Um, I guess you know you can poke some holes in this, right? Because I think LeBron's a fan of Luca, right? Um, he called him Luca Magic, right? You know, when he drafted him and stuff, you know, that's who we would have on his team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, Jordan gave Kobe a hard time, right? Right? He wasn't exactly welcoming. I remember the first All-Star game. Like, I'm going to cover the rookie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of this young kid from L.A. You saw it in, you know, in, in some of the documentary, you know, stuff that was out there. He was very welcoming of Kobe. So they used to do um, – Kobe used to call him and get advice of, like, yeah, yes, after. this and that and – but, you know, you, you've you seen the footage. I mean, in that first All-Star game, you know, Jordan's in the other, other locker room saying, I'm going to cover this kid. Like, th this is not his game yet. That, you know, like th that's competitive nature. That, that's a good thing. That's a call-out. 
So, but you have to give me an example, right? Because I'm not in the locker room. And, and for all I know, you know, LeBron is, is inviting Giannis over for Taco Tuesday. So what is it that you're basing <laughs> the question on? Well, um, what am I basing? A lot of speculation if, if, you're, if you're really going that route. But I've noticed like the NBA has this like inner posse, uh, this inner crew that like runs stuff. And I've always felt that Giannis was kind of an outsider part of that crew. You know, he rolls with his brothers. Uh, not many players are like tweeting out like in support of Giannis where other players like and this has become popular, they've voiced their support for other players uh, in the league. And I'm wondering why Giannis hasn't had that. Maybe I missed it, but oh, I don't know. just out of curiosity. I, mean, I have no idea. I mean, from a collector standpoint, uh, I will tell you, and I don't know what LeBron thinks, and I've never seen that, nor do I get into, like, clicks and that stuff. But there are clicks everywhere, right? You know, you know um, maybe when we pass Jeff Wilson, is that his name? Joff Wilson at the National – Maybe he's gonna walk past us and be like, "I don't like these guys." Maybe we're gonna be the young. He, he listened. He listened to our show. But he, yeah, I know he listens because he every five days after I make a play, it's his play. But besides that, um, is that true? Yeah, yeah. What was the play? Was oh, it your I, Tiffany? You know, it's gonna be like was it, your, it was. Like it was your play. Tiffany play. It's like ten. Of, I'm only playing Jeff, but I. But he obviously listens because you know Shea Way. He says his his eyes are red because of the soap from the shower. His eyes are red. He needs visine. That's his eyes are red. We know why your eyes are red, Jeff. But yeah, he went over to him. He's like, oh yeah, remember you see that in the story? He's like, yeah, I heard you. You were on Lucas, Lucas. Yeah, that that one, that one. So, but, but point. Maybe we see you know some of these other people and they're not nice to us. Maybe because you know maybe we're the Giannis. Maybe we're maybe we're the new kid. You know maybe uh you know maybe there's a click. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't care. But as far as a collector standpoint goes. Giannis has quickly gone from that guy who people are like, he's going to build the frame, he's going to get better, he's going to be awesome, to he needs to win now. I mean, he's, he's done everything else. He's got the accolades, he's got the MVPs, he's got the Defensive Player of the Year, and he's been in the league now. It's his seventh year. That's when Jordan won. It took LeBron a little longer, but LeBron's not Jordan. I mean, let's just all agree to that. But, you know, it, this is the time. People are, you know, if Giannis doesn't win, then the whole offseason is going to be like, Giannis would have won if he could shoot some free throws and you don't want that. So we're, we're at that point now, you know what I mean? Like collectors have gone from Giannis will eventually get there to Giannis is there and he has to, he has to take care of business now. I, do I don't, think, why do you think that his prices haven't, haven't crept up? What do you think of the market seeing? The stuff's not exactly rare. And, and like I said, right. So a lot of this is already baked in, you know, compare it to what we talked about with like Josh Allen's cards, right. You know, People are already pricing them that there's going to be some success there. And Giannis cards have gone up. They've gone up a lot, right? I mean, you know, a year and a half ago, I went to a, I went to a local store here, and I paid $250 for a Prism Giannis Raw. Graded it, got a 9, you know? Would have liked a 10. But 9, so it's Ian's. So, 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 you know, think of how much that card went up. And that card was, what, six, $7,000, right? Even at the... that the PSA 10 is at now, it's significantly more than any of the other cards are out there. And, you know, it's more than you're paying for a Luca right now. I know there's more Lucas and the whole deal, but, you know, you got to start to ask yourself. A ton more Lucas. You know, would you rather have, would you rather have two, two and a half, three Lucas or one yacht? You know, I mean, start asking yourself that. Would you rather have, you know, six or seven trays or one Giannis, right? You start... So, so the card's already – it's a base card. It's already gone up. I know the pop is low. But I think success has already been baked in, especially when you, when you look at the fact that that card was $1,200, you know, coming into the playoffs, and then it moved all the way up to, like, $1,800. Like, yeah. I know that's not six grand, but that's a 50% increase. So success already baked in. Do I think it probably goes up a little bit if he, you know, wins one more game here in the next two? Sure. Do I think that's going to be a long-term increase? No. But a championship is huge. Look what we just talked about with Mahomes, right? We just talked about with Mahomes saying, you know, you were like, yeah, Mahomes' prices are, and I'm like, I'm okay with Mahomes long-term. Why? Because not only did he win the individual stuff, right? He won the individual accolades, but he has that championship too. So his legacy is there. Is he a GOAT? Not yet. Could he be a GOAT? Sure, because he's starting to compile that stuff. Giannis wins a championship on top of his, his personal accolades. Now, all of a sudden, people are more comfortable holding him long-term, and then you, you, you will see the price go up or at least the floor on those cards, you know, settle in. And you're right. Look, Ziggy knows always got the math, right? So, you know, you're talking about like a, like a six to one there, right? You know, 
So 2600 PSA 10s for our for audio listeners. 2600 PSA 10s, 17000 PSA 10s of Lucas, 2600 Giannis. Let's say Giannis wins the championship. Who are same let's say same amount of cards, same price of cards. Who are you holding long term? Giannis or Mahomes? Mahomes. 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 Yeah. Wow. Definitely Mahomes. Wow. Yeah, because, I mean, listen, Mahomes, there's a lot of young players in the league. Justin Herbert's there to hold the O, right? But Mahomes, legitimate shot to be the next Brady-type character in the league, right? I mean, there's not going to be another Brady. But you go back before Brady, there's Montana, right? You go back before Montana, there's, you know, who the hell knows who the quarterback was. I mean, I don't even know. Joe Namath, I, I, you know, whoever. Johnny Unitas, you know, whoever the elite guys were, right? There's just – there's always that one. Is there a 1A? Is there a Peyton Manning? Is there a Drew Brees? Sure, right? But Mahomes has the ability to be that that the generational talent. He already sort of looks like it, right? Um, I would uh, – Herbert looks great. Burrow looks great. You know, uh, Kyler Murray looks fantastic. And Josh Allen looks great. But none of them are people I think are challenging for that. I think it's an easy – Mahomes is one. Everybody else is two and lower. There is no 1A, 1B scenario there. Basketball, I don't agree with that. Coming into the season, you said the MVP this year was going to be Luka. Didn't work out that way. He had a great year. He had put up great personal numbers. The team did not help him out in any way. But coming into next year, depending upon what winds up happening there, right? Luka could be the MVP favorite again. right? People love Trey. LeBron is still playing. No, right? Guys, for you guys listening there, I'm, and I'm just an hour in picking up on Cage's vibe. That was a subtle kind of uh, no, shot no, no, at Andrew. No, no. no, I agree. Because he, he wants me to know that I'm not always right at my predictions. No, you are. And right. I, I make mistakes. So, But listen, I didn't have a problem with the Luka prediction. And I, I, I think it's he still is a top five player in the league. And that's my point. Even if he's not the MVP, any year there's a round robin of guys in the NBA with Luka, with, with Dame, with Giannis, with you know, LeBron, who's still there with there's any number of guys who can win the MVP this year, who will be the best player, who are this generation. Like, I don't see Giannis as the next LeBron. I just don't. I could be dead wrong, right? He's won, he won the MVPs. He won a championship. You know, that could be fine. I think, let me put it better this way. I think Mahomes has a better shot at being the next Brady than Giannis has at being the next LeBron. That would be the, the real reason I answer the way that I did. As we guys, as we take on uh, season two, season two, sophomore season, uh, I got to give a shout out. I got two shout outs here. One shout out is to our audience. You guys are amazing. The comments, the responses, the engagement. You guys do so much stuff to keep us going. We're on YouTube now and YouTube comments are pouring in and and that's super fun. And I got to give a shout out to my co-host, man. You bring it every single day. I know your life is busy. You have two kids that are almost teenagers so i mean man that's how that has its own thing they're fighting they're growing all this stuff uh and you have work and you have a family and you show up every single day and i know how important the hobby is um dude how can i not give it back how can i not say how difficult you have it and i have to say how awesome it is that you put in the grind every day you wake up in mexico with the balcony and the beach and the pool and you're able to still tear yourself away from that to come and talk sport cards with me i mean it is a real <laughs> sacrifice man i mean you talk about like like you have i, I would not trade man i mean you have it tough <laughs> <laughs> you're a moron look at Nathan, so we, love you, we love you man listen season two we're having some fun tuesday night i'll be at bleaker training send me a message if you're you know you're local and you want to head i'm, I'm excited you know what, what i'm really really excited for so at national you guys are finally going to get a chance to meet me and you have this mirage of what Cage has portrayed <laughs> me as, and then yes. you're gonna get the real thing. And and I hope I right. I hope or I exceed expectations because, yeah, I'll leave it like that. Yeah, you won't find him, you know, drinking a kombucha. That really is not gonna happen. But if you do, you have to take a picture of it and send it to me. You have to because you know I mean, that's that's this is what I want. I want a kombucha photo of Andrew. Listen, I hope we live up to the expectations of Luca Nation. I really do. But we'll definitely see you guys in Chicago. Um, and we got a couple weeks of, uh, of fun content. Who the hell knows what's going to happen in the hobby before the national? Think of what's happened in the last two weeks, right? Like mm-hmm. every company got bought. 
right? A million cards got sent away from auctions. They got pulled, right? Michael Jordan card doubled in price overnight. People are putting stickers and and bright line demarcations in the in the different grades. I mean, you never know. Panini might get sold. Somebody might buy uh, Leaf. I mean, I don't know who would want it, but somebody might buy Leaf. You know, just playing, Brian Gray. I'm just kidding. Thanks, everybody. This episode of Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze was brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. Take it from someone who has personally submitted thousands of cards for grading. HGA slabs just hit different. They're top of the line and color-coordinated to match the card itself. The aesthetics are unrivaled in the industry. When paired with the ease of submission and the transparency of the pricing model, HGA stands alone as the best choice for grading your cards. I believe that once you try them out, you will agree. Thanks for listening, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.